It's time for the Contempo Coding Podcast. Discussions, knowledge, and insight to help you succeed in the medical coding industry. And now, here's your host, Victoria. Hey there, Coding Crew. It is Friday and it is almost Halloween. If you haven't been over to my YouTube channel, make sure you head over and check out my spooky Halloween episode. It includes a Halloween sort of story and then a Halloween uh, coding game. I even have a link to the slides in case anyone wants to use them next year for maybe your medical coding chapter meetings. And there was a surprisingly large amount of engagement on that episode. So a lot of people were commenting that they really, really enjoyed the game and just the content in general. So I'm definitely going to be doing some more fun coding games in the future. I'm going to put something together definitely for Thanksgiving as well as Christmas. So we'll see what kind of fun coding stuff I can come up with. I'm going to try and do a live chat again soon. So hopefully I might be able to rack my brains and come up with some live types of medical coding games. I do have one that I developed in the past and I think I shared with chapters and it's called Diagnosis or Deceit where it the slide shows the name of a diagnosis and some of them are real and some of them are ones that I just made up and some of the made up ones sound similar to real diagnoses. So you have to determine if it is a real diagnosis or a deceitful diagnosis, like one I made up. And if it's a deceitful one, I'll even give you maybe some information on, oh, well, you know, this it, this condition isn't real, but there's one that sounds like this that is real. And if, it, you know, I give some information, background information on that, the diagnosis and what it is. And some of them are things that, you know, just, just sound kind of interesting, like Alice in Wonderland syndrome. And then I tell you what that, what that diagnosis is. So yeah, that if there's a need for that kind of content, I am definitely happy to make some more, more fun type of coding type stuff. You know, I'm all about making things interesting and fun. So today's episode is actually brought to you by Audible. If you like listening to podcasts while you are working, you are going to love Audible and you can get two free audiobooks to start with your free trial. You can cancel at any time and uh, your books are yours to keep. Even if you decide to cancel, go to the affiliate page of my website for the link to sign up for the special deal. So I've been trying to make myself read some more books. And I do have some paper books I'm going through, but Audible just makes it so much easier to get through some of those books that I've just been shoving off on listening to for a while and because I can listen to them while I'm working. So right now I'm halfway through Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which I have been putting off for years and I've been told by multiple people, oh yeah, you need to read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So I'm finally getting through Rich Dad, Poor Dad and I'm kind of doing it as I'm doing some of my non-super attentive, in-depth reading type of work. Next, the book that I'm going to move on to is called The Miracle Morning, which apparently is about starting your morning routine with affirmations and other tactics to really get your mindset into 
year and start your day on the right foot. And it's sold, from what I understand, over 2 million copies. It's extraordinarily popular, so much so that there is a big documentary on the Miracle Morning that's going to be premiering in December. So I'm currently trying to get ahead of this trend right now. I mean, apparently over 2 million people are already on this trend. So maybe I'm already, maybe I've missed the boat and it's it's a little too late. But uh, I want to definitely try and get back onto this boat before this movie premiere in December. So I, I want to check out this book. I have heard people absolutely swear by it. I am not a morning person. So we'll definitely see how I feel about this very popular miracle morning book. So speaking of getting into the right mindset and just mindset in general, I want to talk today a little bit about when we as coders get emotionally involved in the cases that we are reading and we are coding. So not too long ago, I was just having a very draining, exhausting day. It was a lot of going on personally, a lot going on professionally. And it was just, I don't like when my days feel what I'll call fragmented, where there's just so many different micro tasks coming up that I have a family member that just needs something. Oh, and that only takes five minutes. But then I have something for the board and oh, that only takes five minutes. And then someone messages me and oh, that only takes five minutes. And then, hey, Victoria, can you respond to this email? Oh, that only takes five minutes. So there's just these little fragments of things that are continually just taking away from my concentration of a task that I am trying to complete. And that gets very frustrating when there's just this constant pop-up of these micro tasks that need attention or or what have you, or maybe I'm just perceiving that they need attention. They Maybe some of them really genuinely don't, but just I'm, when I'm frustrated, I feel like there's just too much coming at me. So I was having one of those kinds of days uh, where I was just kind of frustrated and not feeling particularly productive. And I just really wanted, I just wanted to code my my cases. I just want to get my audits done. And I went through all of the hoops that I have to go through to run reports, get my case selection. And then as I'm entering everything into my auditing software, I realized that all of the cases would involve me having to request paper records. Well, that's not happening anytime soon. So now I'm frustrated even more because I have to put in this request to have paper records scanned over so that I can complete all of the audit cases that I selected. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll put in the request for those papers, move on to the next thing that I know is in the electronic medical record system and I can pull. So I had to request a whole other report, wait for that report to get through. And then I loaded, you know, selected my case, filtered my stuff, selected my cases, um, picked picked out my cases, got them all um, filtered in my spreadsheet. So I have a way of kind of narrowing down things that I like to when I'm looking at a ton of data of billing information and just select the ones that I'm specifically going to audit. And I started loading them into my audit software and I looked at my very first case. And again, remember, I'm like already emotionally just on edge. And the very first case that I had to audit was a very detailed rape victim encounter. And that was just the straw that kind of broke the camel's back. And that's when I just started, you know, bawling and crying my eyes out. And just it was it was a little bit of a mess for a bit. And this is a very real thing that can happen 
as a medical coder. You pull up a patient account, maybe, and it says they're deceased, and then you notice that they were of a very young age, and you have that that knee-jerk emotional response where you just feel so bad or sad or just having that those strong emotions towards you know that unfortunate type of patient situation when i used to code for plastic surgery i would see a lot of patients for example that would go out to the dominican republic and have certain procedures done there and come back with terrible infections you know hematomas all kinds of stuff and there were even cases where the severe infections would get so bad in cases where maybe the patient was going for breast augmentation that they would develop these, the tissue would get just so infected and they would try so hard to reconstruct it, but it just wasn't good situations. And would they, they would wind up not only losing their implants, but they would wind up losing all of their breast tissue that they had. So they would wind up having basically a a radical mastectomy and wind up with, with no breasts at all. And not only that, but, you know, depending on what their insurance coverage is, they might actually wind up having to pay for that out of pocket after thinking that they were going to save so much money by going outside of the United States to have plastic surgery performed. So if you're looking at something and it's a very involved and very tragic case, you know, we're all human. We're going to cry. We're going to get emotionally uh, involved. We're going to get upset. What we can do, though, is, you know, we have to take control of our emotions. We can't change anything that has happened to that patient in that very, very unfortunate scenario. So we can cry, we can get upset, you can take deep breaths, you can walk away from it for a minute if you need to. You can hug your kid extra tight that night when you put them to bed if you need to. You know, if you can't compartmentalize those emotions, you need to develop a method in which to handle them through appropriate means. So if that means walking away for a couple of minutes, if that means taking some deep breaths, if that means, you know, you just want to pray for that patient for a minute, you know, whatever your quick coping mechanism is that so you can get yourself professionally back on track and in the good headspace so that you can look at this from the appropriate medical aspect then so that you can code the case appropriately, you know, do whatever is your emotional need for that scenario. You know, there's a lot of things that I am very, very good at compartmentalizing that I can see that and go, it's just not emotionally going to affect me. I'm going to lock that up in a secret room in my head, turn the key, and we're not going to worry about it because there's nothing I can do. But again, like, on, on a normal day, the case that I had looked at earlier with that with that patient maybe wouldn't have bothered me, but because I was having a bad day, it was just one of those things that it hit me. And, you know, we all have certain things that are going to hit us in different ways. And again, make sure that you are appropriately managing that and definitely don't let that kind of destroy the rest of your day and, and 
ruin any kind of further things for your career aspects. You know, it's, it's okay to feel sad for the patient again, but sometimes I even try to try to visualize like that, that picture in my head of, okay, this is sad, but I have other things I need to focus on. I can't concentrate intently on this. So I, I try to almost even visualize, okay, I'm putting it in this room, in this compartment, and it's allowed to stay there but I'm locking the key on it and I can't get myself upset about it. Now, what I do also want to make very clear is that what you can't do in this situation, what you cannot do is ask other coding colleagues to look at that case purely for voyeuristic purposes, meaning that they are not directly related in any need to assist in coding for that case. You just want to show it to them because you thought it was maybe a particularly interesting or fascinating or tragic case. So if your coworker then, you know, goes along with it and starts looking at that case that they are not directly involved in and they start intentionally viewing that information. And again, not because you you need coding uh, assistance, you know, that's a whole separate thing. Then that is something that's okay, because you're looking for coding assistance, maybe it's something they can provide some insight on that is a work related function. If you're just like, hey, this looks like an interesting case, and I thought you might want to look at it too, that is where you get into a situation where it is a violation of HIPAA because they're intentionally viewing information that is not directly impacting the tasks they need to perform for their job. Becoming a certified medical coder is a huge huge task. You have to go through so much studying. You have to go through a five hour and 40 minute exam. You have to pass that. You have to get CEUs. You have to keep up to date on all these coding guidelines. Do not put any of that under any sort of risk because of some kind of itch to share information that you do not have the rights to share. Generally speaking, you know, organizations like the AAPC and AHIMA don't want to eliminate people's memberships or put them on probation or anything like that. But there are instances where there's been extreme cases where people have had their credentials revoked because they've maybe been allowing students to cheat on exams that they're proctoring or were involved in some sort of fraud situation, like blatant fraud, like discovered in court that they were intentionally taking money, not just like you know, oh, my doctor pressured me to code this the wrong way type stuff. You know, I don't want to instill the fear on you that, you know, if if someone tells you to code something a certain way and you don't agree that you're going to lose your credentials, you know, that typically only happens in severe circumstances. But you could potentially have, you know, maybe that colleague goes, and you know what, I'm not happy that this person asked me to look at this case that I wasn't involved in, and they could go onto the AAPC website and report you for an ethics violation, and that does get reviewed, and some people do um, look at those cases and determine if there is something that needs to be done to that member, if, be it that they're suspended, be it that they lose their credentials. Sometimes, you know, if the the person decides, you know, they're just going to fess up and go, hey, I made a mistake and I'm sorry, you know, in, in certain circumstances, not certainly fraud or something like that, but they may be more forgiving of those scenarios. 
So don't get so emotionally caught up in these sort of situations where you start making poor decisions based off of them. Because again, you know, we, we all worked so, so hard to get where we are just getting certified as medical coders. That is not something you want to put at risk. I actually have, I think, I don't even remember, is it my sixth or my seventh credential? One, two, three, I'm counting them now. One, two, three, four, five, sixth credential that I'll be uh, getting now. So I just passed my COC exam. That will be the next video series that I'll be doing on my YouTube channel. I was asked to provide some insight on my experience with the exam. <laughs> And uh, I can tell you it was it was absolutely brutal. It was probably the worst exam that I have taken out of all of my AAPC certifications. So definitely tune into the YouTube channel next week to get my insights on taking the COC exam. So that's it for this week. If you want to follow along on the Contempo Coding book club that I just made up and read Miracle Morning with me, sign up on my affiliate page for your Audible account and we can uh, we can check it out together. And maybe maybe we'll all check out the uh, movie that's premiering in December. I hear it's it's like something else. Like it's really an emotional roller coaster type of movie, uh, or rather documentary. It is in fact a documentary. So that is it for this week. I will see you guys soon. Have fun. Get your mindset in check, and keep on coding on. <laughs>